Welcome to Landmark Worship Center's audio podcast. We hope that this message will inspire and encourage your life. So open your heart and mind and receive what God has for you today. Here today is, I know that, that anytime I preach on this subject, that there is an attack of hell. There's been some unusual attacks against our people, our church, in unusual ways, and, and unusual things that are happening. Um, just, I can't go through everything, but I uh, went out to the truck the other day, my personal truck, and someone ran into my truck and took off, and they had to hit it really hard because it bent the bumper in, and and uh, I'm just thinking, why, why? And then we get home, and somebody, this is going to be a good thing or a bad thing, someone left a walker in the ditch in front of our house. It's a really nice walker, if anybody needs one. Um, it, could be, it could be two things. Either God's working miracles and someone was healed, and they just left it there to let us know that there is victory. Or they could be saying to me and my wife, here, we're leaving this because you might need this at some point or another. So, trust me, there's unusual things that are going on right now, but I know that for this church to go to the next level, there is some things that will happen, and we just have to understand and expect that. Amen. Uh, But we know that God has taken us to a new level, and that avenue of a new level in harvest and revival is through a relationship, close relationship with the Lord. And that's where God is taking us. That's where he's taking us. Amen. I'm going to give my scripture today, book of Matthew chapter 18, verse 11 through 14. Matthew 18, 11 through 14. I do want to say here today that I, I know some in the sanctuary have been very cold because uh, the air it, it's a sign that there's some great service technicians that attend this church. That's number one. But I will say that that it's unusual. But when it gets real hot outside, the air conditioner runs and runs and runs. But it does feel cooler inside, although the temperature has always been the same, the same. But the thing about it is when we get in those times, you might, you know, it just doesn't seem like reasonable, but it, that's what happens. And then today, I've actually raised the temperature up one degree, and it does make a difference. But I, it's very difficult to get it set where everybody can be completely happy. But I do uh, want you to know that we have we continually try to work on that and to get it right. But I am glad that we're not in a mud hut in Haiti where it's 115 degrees and I've been there and sweating and trying to worship the Lord but but uh, I know you're probably saying I wish he was not as good of a service technician or brother Jeff you know um, but we we tried to do our best here but we're trying to adjust it and it's a constant constant thing but if you can bear with us we appreciate that um but unusual things. The book of Matthew, chapter 18, verse 11. Now, I do want to say on that thought that there are different places in the church 
that are colder than other places, so you might want to keep that in mind. And I will say that the first two rows in this church are the most comfortable place. Amen. Amen. There you go. There you go. There you go. Yep. These are the most comfortable places by climate that you can find. So I just want to encourage everybody to just move to the front. We'll all be happy. We'll be happy. Just real quick, I I had worked uh, several years on State Farm's corporate offices in the area, claim centers, and and I could never get everybody happy. But there's times I got them real close to being happy, and they were okay with it. And then they would send corporate in, and they would test every register and make all these adjustments and change everything that I had changed so everybody could be happy. And then about two days later, I get a phone call from them again and say, can you come back and adjust it all again? And uh, I would come back and adjust it all again until they came back and checked it again. But uh, it, it, is, it is difficult sometimes to be able to adjust everything, get it, get it where everybody's happy. So we're doing our best. Thank you. Book of Matthew, chapter 18, verse 11. For the Son of Man is come to save that which was lost. How think ye? If a man have a hundred sheep, and one of them be gone astray, doth he not leave the ninety and nine, and goeth into the mountains, and seeketh that which is gone astray? And if so be that he find it, verily I say unto you, he rejoiceth more of that sheep than of the ninety and nine which went not astray. Even so, it is not the will of your Father which is in heaven that one of these little ones should perish, that one of these little ones should perish. I want to preach to you on this subject. If you want to find Jesus, if you want to find Jesus, you may be seated. If you want to find Jesus. And I know that the desire of every person in this church is to find Jesus, to find his presence. I know that's the driving force behind us uh, coming to the house of the Lord. We want to be pleasing to him. We want to be in his presence. We want to feel his spirit. We want to touch the presence of the Lord. And I know that the craving and desire of everyone in this church body is to find more of the Lord. And that's no question. But I also know that the greatest desire of the Lord is to find us, for us to get close to him, for us to desire more of him. So we're, we're basically in a pursuit of God's presence continually. We're putting out our probes. We're feeling after the Lord. We're trying to find out where Jesus is. Uh, you know, I, I'm not happy if I can't find the Lord. I'm not happy if I can't experience his supernatural power of his presence. I realize the Holy Ghost is inside of me, but I just got to feel it stirred up. I got to find those times of prayer and find him. I've got to find those times of reading the word and finding him. I've got to find those times of worshiping him in church, outside of the church building, wherever I'm at, to find God. I'm in a constant pursuit I'm putting out my feelers. I'm not happy if I don't find him. And I believe that that is a good attribute of all of us for us to continue to search for the Lord. Am I out here on this plank by myself? 
No. I'm standing on the edge here. Anybody with me? Amen. Amen. We, 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 you know, we, we're, we're searching for God. We're feeling after God. It's important. If, if we're not feeling after God, we need to make that a part of our, our lives, our attribute of our lives, to be constantly in, in pursuit of the Lord. I'm, I'm probing for him. I'm trying to find, you know, when you love somebody, you, you, you search for them and you want to be in their presence and you want to be with them and you want to... You want them, you want to uh, join in and, and enjoy what they enjoy. You want to, uh, you know, make a, a close relationship when you love somebody. And it's the same thing with the Lord. We need to be in constant pursuit of God. I, if, I, if I go for a period of time and I don't feel the power of the Holy Ghost, I want to, it, it, something kicks in in my heart, in my life. It makes me want to find out where he's at. I've got to find him. I've got to search until I find him. I'm not going to be happy until I find him. Amen? Come on, Pentecostals. I know you're out there. <laughs> Amen. We've we got to find him, but we're in a constant pursuit of God's presence. And in the book of Psalms 16 and 11, uh, the psalmist said, Thou wilt show me the path of life. In thy presence is fullness of joy. That's what's in his presence. And it also says, and at thy right hand there are pleasures forevermore. No wonder the psalmist uh, desired to find the presence of God because he was going to find joy there. And he was going to find pleasures forevermore. No wonder he was in constant pursuit of him. Amen. Have you ever... Uh, said these words, oh, I'm dying of thirst. Anybody, raise your hand if you ever said that. I'm dying of thirst. Did you die? No. But you was really thirsty. Weren't you? You were really thirsty. There's been times I've been on rooftop units working on air conditioning units. Brother Jeff's contribute to this fact that you're up there and you're just, you're just, you, you, all the, you know, all of the humidity in this St. Louis area, and then part of it is my humidity that goes out of my body up into this atmosphere, and, and I feel totally parched, and I need a drink of water, and I've got to have water. I get so thirsty. Oh, I'm so thirsty, I think I could die. And you get to craving these things, you know. Um, you know, it's just a phrase for most of us that we've used. No, we didn't die. We didn't, you know, but we did find some water somewhere. And thank God that we live in America where we can find clean, clear water, even if it's from a tap or from a water hose or if it's from a, a uh, water bottle or wherever. We can find it. And we use that as a phrase that I'm really, really, really thirsty it may have come from the exhaustion of working outside on a hot summer day. It might come from, uh, from some type of sport you're playing or something. It might come from the times that you're just, you just ate some food and it had salt in it and it just made you really thirsty. We get to those points where we we're feel like we're just so thirsty. If I don't get a drink, I could die. We're, we're so craving it. What does it do? to us when we get to those points. It makes us forget about all of the other desires in our life, all of the things that we want to be doing, all the things that we desire to be doing, that we enjoy doing. We forget about all of those things and the only thing that we're focused on is water. 
focused on water. Amen. I'm going to tempt you here today. Talk about water, I get thirsty. Start talking about food, I get hungry. Amen. But, but for the most part, for most of us, this is just a casual statement. But yet for others, it's a brutal reality. When we get to that point where we're seeking, seeking God, when we get so hungry, everything else is put out of our thoughts, out of our mind, out of our desires, out of our motives. And we get into that mode, we're just craving God We've got to find God. I know that's the heartbeat of the people of this church, but I know that there's more that we need to step up to to find more of God because we've tapped into God in a lot of ways, but there's so much more that God wants us to tap into. We, We have to get to a point where God is the total desire of our heart, our hunger, our thirsting after the Lord. If I don't find Jesus, I'm gonna die. If I don't find Jesus, I'm not going to survive. I'm not going to make it. There's a true story. It was sadly said that this was an experience for a man named Dave Brochow, a 29-year-old New Jersey man who traveled to the desert of Utah for an adventure in trying to, to survive. It was a survival training for him in the desert. But by day two in the more than 100 degree temperature that he was not used to in that 100 degree heat. Dave was in very bad shape. He was at that point, not just saying it as a phrase, but he was at that point, if I don't find water, I'm going to die. And so in that 100 degree heat, Dave was in such bad shape, he desperately was in need of water. He began experiencing hallucinations hallucinations. I've had those experiences, not completely hallucinations, but I've had those experiences where I've worked on on some air conditioning units in the sun and I I kept pushing myself, kept pushing myself and saying, if you just keep going, you'll get finished. Then you can go uh, find a place that's cool, find some water. And I kept pushing myself and I got finished with the job and I got dizzy and my head started spinning. I just fell down on the ground and I I feel like I had some kind of a heat, almost like a heat stroke. And I, I literally had to crawl myself into a basement of the house and lay on the concrete floor to get myself cooled down because of the, because of the heat that was, you, you were just desperate. But this man was in such bad shape. He had hallucinations he was experiencing. After 10 hours without water, Dave collapsed and he died face down in the dirt and sand. But he was only 100 yards from a cave with fresh water. With fresh water. You see, sometimes we get to a point, in his case, it's not just a phrase. In his case, it's not just a saying. I'm going to die of thirst. In his case, it was life or death. You see... With our pursuit of God, it needs to come down to it's a life or death condition for our soul. It's something that we've got to get to a point where we've got to crave God more than anything else. Amen. What God is calling us to as a church body and as individuals is he's wanting us to pursue his spirit because in his spirit is joy 
Amen. And at his right hand are pleasures forevermore. Amen. We can understand uh, when we get to that point of desperation of what the psalmist was trying to say. I've just got to find his presence. When I find his presence, I'm going to find the joy that I need. When I find his presence, I'm going to find that victory that I need. I'm going to find the pleasures forevermore in his presence. I've just got to find the spirit of God. You know, that really is the solving point of every issue and every situation. The bottom line is if we could just find Jesus, he is the miracle worker that we're looking for. If we could just find Jesus' presence, he is the deliverer that we're looking for. He is the answer to our problems. If we could just find Jesus, he is the answer to the salvation of our soul. He's the answer to our eternity. Amen. If we could just get in the presence of the Lord, we find everything that we need. Amen. Hallelujah. Give him praise here today. I just got to find Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 And that's what God is calling us to. That's where he's got us for us to step to the next level in this church. We've got to get to the point where we're so desperate for God we cannot find anything else that's going to satisfy us. It's the presence of the Lord that is going to drive us to that place of deliverance and healing and victory. Amen. In this life or death condition, the only thing important in life is the pursuit in this man's situation was water. It wasn't his bank account in New Jersey. It wasn't his fancy car. It wasn't his house. It wasn't a sporting event that he was going to attend. It wasn't a favorite hobby that he was going to be a part of. All he needed at this point was just a drink of water. And because he didn't find it, that that phrase became a reality to life or death. And he died in the sand of the desert. All you can think about, all you can talk about is water. But when you're desperate for God, all you can think about, all you can talk about is God. Because when we find God, we're going to find the miracles. When we find God, we're going to find the deliverance. We're going to find everything we need. It's all in God. Oh, It's about relationship with the Lord. And that's where God is taking this church to. He's taking us to, when we come into the house of the Lord, we focus upon him in our worship and praise. And it's not just mere words that come out of our mouth. It's just an experience and a relationship with God. What can happen in the natural can also happen in the spiritual. We can become parched with spiritual thirst even though an endless supply of spiritual water awaits us. We come into the house of the Lord. There's everything that you need here in the presence of the Lord because we've found the presence of the Lord. Jesus stood before the crowds gathered in Jerusalem and he declared these words in John 7 and 37 through 39. Listen to what it says. In the last day, that great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried saying, if any man thirsts, let him come unto me and drink. 
He that believeth on me, as the scripture hath said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. It's not just a, just a little bit enough to take care of the satisfaction of our own self, but it's going to be something that's going to spring up within us. Amen. Like a flowing river of the power of the Spirit of God. Out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. But this spake he of the Spirit, which they that believed on him should receive. For the Holy Ghost was not yet given because that Jesus was not yet glorified or died upon the cross. It was something that the Lord was talking about, the power of the Holy Ghost that we have here today that we can experience. It's going to satisfy the quench of your thirst and it's going to flow out of you. You don't want it to just take care of you. It's going to flow out of your belly, rivers of living water. And he was talking about the outpouring of the Spirit of God. The Lord has given us plenty He's given us plenty of his presence. We just got to seek him. We got to reach until we find him. We got to pray until we break through. We've got to worship until we have a breakthrough in his presence. And when we find him, we find the greatest joy, as the psalmist said, that we could ever find. We find at his right hand are pleasures forevermore. Matthew 6.33 says, But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added unto you. It starts out as our pursuit of God. In the book of Colossians 3, 1 and 2, it says, if you then be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God. Set your affection on things above, not on things of the earth, not on the things of the carnal flesh, not on the things of sin, but set your sights upon God where your help comes from. There's so much help that comes from the hand of God upon us that he pours out. Psalm 63 and 1, the psalmist David, when he was in the wilderness of Judah, said, O God, thou art my God. Early will I seek thee. My soul thirsteth for thee. My flesh longeth for thee in a dry and thirsty land where no water is. You know what that says to me? He said, early will I seek thee. He wants to set the pattern of his day and he wants to start his day out seeking God so that he could seek God all day long. But then it goes on, my, my soul thirsteth for thee. You know, that's a, that should be a given that our soul should thirst for thee. But he, he went further than that. And this is when you're really in a dire need for the pursuit of God. Not only will your soul thirst for the Lord, but he said, my flesh longeth for thee in a dry and thirsty land where no water is. I'm just trying to find the Lord. When you get your soul seeking for God, that's a wonderful thing. And that's almost a given thing that our soul seeks for God. But you're really in that point where you're desperate for the Lord and hunger for God when your flesh says, my flesh, it is longing for you, God. And that's really a good place to be. When your flesh gets to that point that you're longing for God, that is a beautiful place to be because you're going to find him. You will find the Lord. The desire and pursuit of God can become the same craving as the natural. When God is supreme desire of your being, 
when you're desperate for him, when nothing else in this world matters but him, when you need his love, amen, when you're desperate for his mercy and grace, when you're desperate to feel his presence, you will find him. And there are many places you can find God's presence, I know. But I'm going to talk about the best place in this pursuit. We're, we're, we're on a journey. We're, we're on a journey to find him. You know, you're, you know there's, there's certain things that, you know, when you, I know when I want to find my wife, I'm going to, I'm going to either find him, her um, uh, praying somewhere, or I'm going to find her reading the word of God. Or I'm going to find her digging into the Word of God. She's got a notepad out. She's writing things down. Or I'm going to find her cooking something delicious. Beyond birdseed, by the way. And I know I'm going to find her uh, wanting to sit outside in a chair and enjoy the birds chirping. And I know I'm going to find her. I, I know exactly where I can find her. I know I'm going to find her doing something, working on something. I can even find her at the church. She's always wanting to do something to take care of the church, make sure it's right. I'm always, I'm always going to find that. But I, I see her, and I'm going to find her in a pursuit of God. So in this pursuit of trying to find my wife, if you want to find my wife, you're going to find her in these places. And there's other places too. Because that's her drive. That's her craving. That's her longing. And, but the best place that I can find her is an altar of prayer with her Bible laying out and she's praying and reading the word and talking to God. But I'm going to tell you the best place to find the Lord. It's in the word of God. The best place in this pursuit of trying to find the Lord is in his pursuit of souls. We're trying to find every place, every nook and cranny where God's spirit is. We're trying to find him wherever he's at. We're constantly looking for him. We come to the house of God because we want to find him here. We pick up the word of God because we want to find him there. We, we look and we know the spots where we can find him more readily than other places. But he can see he's everywhere. We understand that. But if you want to know in this pursuit of the Lord, the best place, the best place to find the Lord is in his pursuit of souls because that's the heartbeat of God. In the book of Matthew, chapter 18, verse 11 through 14, for the Son of Man has come to save that which was lost. How think ye? If a man have a hundred sheep and one of them be gone astray, doth he not leave the ninety and nine and goeth into the mountains and seeketh that which is gone astray into the mountains, wherever it takes, he's in pursuit of souls. And if so be that he find it, verily I say unto you, he rejoiceth. More of that sheep than of the ninety and nine which went not astray. That shouldn't make us feel bad because he's reaching for the one that is lost. That has also happened to us. Thank the Lord he 
rejoice when we came. Even so, it is not the will of your Father which is in heaven that one of these little ones should perish. It's not his will. It's his desire for everybody to come to repentance and have an overcoming life. And in the book of Luke, chapter 15, is a similar story, connected but slightly different. Book of Luke, chapter 15, verse 4 through 7. What man of you have having a hundred sheep, if he lose one of them, does not leave the ninety and nine in the wilderness and go after that which is lost until he find it? In a constant pursuit, going after the one that's lost until he finds it. And when he hath found it, he layeth it on his shoulders, rejoicing. That's what the Lord does. And when he cometh home, he calleth together his friends and neighbors, saying unto them, Rejoice with me, for I have found my sheep which was lost. I say unto you that likewise joy shall be in heaven over one sinner that repenteth more than over ninety and nine just persons which need no repentance. They're rejoicing in heaven over anybody that surrenders to the Lord or a prodigal. Can, do you, can you imagine, uh, you know, if the Lord puts this story and this parable in perspective here today, he's going to be pursuing these prodigals in this vase right here because there is prodigals that have lost their way. They, they're wandering. They're wandering somewhere, but he's in pursuit of them. You know, no creature strays more easily than a sheep. None is more heedless and none is so incapable of finding its way back to the flock. When once gone astray, it will bleat for the flock, but still walk in the opposite direction, bleeding for the flock, bleating for the flock. But walk in the opposite direction from where the flock is. That A sheep is very easy to get lost. And the Lord knows that. So he goes out in pursuit, just like he goes out in pursuit after the prodigals. Just like he goes out in pursuit after souls outside the walls. They are his sheep also. They're his children, his creation. And he's reaching for them. But he's in pursuit. He lays it on his shoulders. And when Jesus finds his people, he also carries them. Romans 5 and 6 For when we were still without strength in due time, Christ died for the ungodly. Rejoicing. He's asking his friends to rejoice with him when he finds them for more, uh, there's more joy in heaven for one that has repented. But the emphasis upon this parable is on the joy of finding the lost. You know, this was an error of the Pharisees and the scribes who thought they were greater than everybody else because they complained at the Lord reaching out to the tax collector. And they complained of the Lord reaching out and eating dinner with the sinner. But the Lord, his craving and his pursuit is after those that are lost. It's been said by C.H. Spurgeon, that the first temptation is to despise one because there's only one. When we got 99 over here, to despise the one that has walked away. There's also a temptation to despise one because, as the Bible says, that one is so little. And the next, 
and perhaps the most dangerous form of the temptation is to despise one because that one has gone astray. And you could also get a thought that I just don't want to get my hands dirty. I don't want to get my hands dirty with sin. Then you're going to have a hard time finding them. Matter of fact, let me rephrase that. You're going to have a hard time finding Jesus. Because where Jesus is, he's out there in pursuit of those that are little. He's out there in pursuit of those that are longing and struggling. He's out there in pursuit of the drug addict. He's out there in pursuit of the alcoholic. He's out there in pursuit of the, the, uh, the, uh, uh, the liar and the cheater and the thief. He's out there in pursuit of the fornicator. He's out there in pursuit of those that are not doing right, but he knows that he's reaching and he's trying to reach for them. But if we don't want to get our hands dirty and reaching someone to help them along the way, to bring them into eternal life, then we're not going to find Jesus because that's where Jesus is. The best place to find Jesus is where someone is being reached, a soul is being reached, a life is being changed because of the power of salvation. If you want to find where Jesus is, then you got to, you got to become a soul winner. We're in pursuit of trying to find God, but in order for us church and us individually to step to a higher level in this season of where God has got us, is we got to be in pursuit of Him wherever He's at. That's where we got to be. We got to probe until we find Him. But that pathway and that journey to find Him is going to lead us to soul winning, and it's going to lead us to where Jesus is reaching beyond, and He leaves the ninety and nine, and He goes after that one sheep that is lost, wandering around, bleating, trying to find their way, but yet here's the thing, uh, they're walking further in the opposite direction, away from the flock, and they're going to be unprotected, but the Lord goes out after the ones that are, that are lost. But if we're trying to find, in the pursuit of finding God, the next level we got to go to is be a soul winner because as we are a soul winner, we're going to find more of Jesus. We're going to find more of what Jesus is all about. His heartbeat is to reach those that are hurting and those that are lost, those that are, have lost their way, those that are struggling in life. If we want to find Jesus, we've got to become a soul winner and then you're going to find him all day long. You're going to find him when you get up in the morning. You're going to find him when you leave to go to work. You're going to find him when you, when you are on the job. You're going to find him when you go home. You're going to find him when you're at the supermarket. You're going to find him when you're at a mall. You're going to find him everywhere we go, whatever we do. You're going to find him when you're fishing. You're going to find him when you're hunting. You're going to find him when you're shopping. You're going to find him when you're cooking food. You're going to find him because you're constantly living a lifestyle of reaching and loving and ministering and helping and, and bringing people to a place of more deliverance. If we really want to find God at that next level, the best place to find Jesus is winning souls because that's where he's always going to be. Oh, I feel the Holy Ghost right now. I feel 
the Lord is telling us some things. There's an attack against the church because he knows we're stepping to a new level and we cannot let this slip us by. We're stepping to a higher rung on the level. Amen. God wants to fill this place up with souls, but it comes down to us finding the presence of the Lord. Amen. Where he's at the bottom line of reaching into lives and hearts and souls where there are people out in this world that need to hear God. Amen. God wants to fill this place up. He wants to fill this place in the balcony up with souls that are hungry. Amen. I believe that as we receive this calling of God as a church body to be willing to step to the next level in the Lord is for us to accept that call of God to be where he's at and to worship him in soul winning and live for him in soul winning. Amen. God's calling for us to do that. He's calling the youth department and the young people to reach beyond themselves and reach into your friends' lives and lead them to the, to the youth group, amen, and to a place where you're going to find God and a place where you're going to experience a, a relationship with people that are is going to be strong with other young people amen we we need more bible studies we need we we need more we need to keep brother luke busy but it's not just all on brother luke's back it's on us too we need to find somebody and hunger to teach them a bible study because there is a hunger out there in this world that there's going to be people that are hungry and searching for the way to the cross of calvary amen We've got, to get a, we've got to get a hunger in this pursuit for God where we find them. We, we've got to have more children come to the house of the Lord, to Sunday school and to our Wednesday night. We, it's not all on Sister Sonia and the teachers. It's on all of us. We've got to reach into the hearts and lives of children. And when we reach children, they're going to also reach parents and family. Amen. We're wanting to find God. That's where we're going to find him. Amen. We need to reach more adults. We need to reach more families. We've got to be in pursuit of God because he's in pursuit of us and he's in pursuit of souls. That's the next level, church, that this church God is calling us to climb up to is that place in him where we find him working, serving reaching amen you know there's been times that we probably have said this I wonder where the Lord is prayed prayers and I haven't found him <laughs> I wonder where the Lord is I wonder as I pray what I don't feel him. I don't hear him. There's been times we've said that, all of us. But let me say this. You will never wonder where the Lord is ever again because the Lord has given you a word that he's out reaching the lost sheep. Where are you, God? There is no doubt right now he's out reaching 
the lost sheep. Thank God for that. Because he's reaching for your friends. He's reaching for your family members. He's reaching for those that you love. He's reaching for fellow employees and employers. He's reaching. He's reaching. He's outreaching those names in this prodigal vase. Right now, he's reaching. If you, you should never wonder where God is anymore. That's where he's at, reaching. And if we're truly wanting to find more of God, that's where we need to find ourselves. To step to the next level, for our church to accept the call of God because this is a part of the promises of the Lord being fulfilled and why would we have attacks against us? It's because the enemy, and I know the devil gets blamed for a lot of things, but I'm just going to go ahead and blame him anyway for anything that happens. He's a good beating post. I like doing that. But a lot of times it's just the attack of trying to reach souls and snatch them from hell from a burning lake of fire that still exists by the way judgment reaching those that we care about those that we love and reaching strangers that we don't even know reaching but we should never wonder where the Lord is ever again because if we don't find him he's out reaching souls he's out loving reaching calling ministry he's not he's a he's a gentleman he's not going to force anybody to do anything but he still reaches and that's what God is calling us to do he's saying to the church come on church I need help over here look out onto the fields they're white under harvest but the labors are few come on help me over here that's what the Lord's calling us to more Bible studies more personal friendships, reaching, loving people, ministering to people, helping people, serving people, reaching into people's lives. Amen. You'll never wonder where he is again. He's, he's out there reaching souls. People you talk to every day, just every day reaching. Lifestyle witnessing is about touching people's lives, leaving a church card, reaching out, someone that is hurting and someone might have prayed a prayer not really realizing what they were praying or how they could even find it to come to pass but they've been at the very edge of the struggle of their life and they're saying God I don't really know you but if you'll just lead me to somebody today and let them have some kind of a word for me I need it God because I don't know of anything else I can do and God says, come on, church. we got a field that is white unto harvest. And they need guidance. It's a lost sheep. Come on. Come on in my presence. We're going to help them here today. You're not alone. You're, God's there. We don't ever wonder where God is anymore. He's reaching the lost sheep. But today God is calling us as a church body to reach. Become concerned and reach out to the heartbeat of God 
and that is lost sheep. I'd like for us to stand here today. There is no better place to find him than reaching with him for the lost sheep. For the lost sheep. God is calling us today as a church body to the next level of accepting the responsibility of reaching into young people's lives, inviting them to youth service or church service, to reach into a person's life and teach them a Bible study, to reach into children's lives, invite them to Sunday school, invite their parents to Sunday school, reaching into adults' lives, reaching into families that are hungry right now, sitting behind walls and doors in this community, crying and weeping because they don't know the way and they don't know the answer. But he's calling, God is calling their white unto harvest. Why would he say that if it wasn't true? It's true. But he's calling us. Come on, church. Join with me. Because if that's where I'm at, that's where my presence is. Let me say this also, that the greatest joy of your life, as it says, the psalmist said, in your presence, fullness of joy, in your right hand's pleasure forevermore. One of the greatest joys and pleasures is to see someone you've reached out to repent of their sins, be baptized in the name of Jesus and filled with the Holy Ghost, and you are ministering to them, helping them grow. There's no greater there's no greater experience. It's one of the highest experiences you could ever receive just to reach a life because there are so many great blessings in that, but there's so many great blessings for those that are searching for God when they finally find the Lord. Pleasures, joys, amen. Do you want to find God today? I'm asking this church to come to the front and make a commitment to step to that next level. And what we're doing by saying that to the Lord is we're saying, God, I want to be with you. I want to be where you want me to be. I want to reach out to other people's lives. Don't be fearful if you don't know how to teach a Bible study. Trust me, we could train you to do that. But God is wanting you to just take a lifestyle of Reaching and loving and ministry to people's lives. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'm desperate for.